Welcome back to season two of Real Talk, Let's Talk. For our last episode of this season, we will be hearing from Mark Bearden. Mark is currently a junior majoring in general business and finance. We're really excited to have you back with us today, Mark. But before we get started, we wanted to ask you a few questions to get to know a little bit more about you. So my first question is, if you could add anyone to Mount Rushmore, who would it be and why? Uh, That's a really good question. I would probably have to go with either Jocko Willink or David Goggins, or both of them. Um, Jocko Willink, if you don't know, is the author of several books. He is a former Navy SEAL. Uh, His most notable book is Extreme Ownership. It is definitely a book that I highly recommend everybody to read. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's about taking ownership to the extreme level. Uh, He also does a lot of... So ownership in terms of leadership. So when a team fails, it is not the team's fault. It is the leader's fault. Even if it was a a subordinate member, uh, the reason that the team failed is because the leader didn't take enough ownership or didn't explain the question good enough or, Mm. you know, whatever the issue was. I see. And then the other person, David Goggins, is one crazy guy. Uh, <laughs> uh, he is a former Navy SEAL, a former uh, Air Force enlistee. He went through BUDS training, which is the entry-level uh, program for, for all Navy SEALs, uh, three times. One of those times he ran on broken legs and used oh duct tape oh, wow. to keep them together. Uh, he's a person <laughs> that say, will run. Did you say duct tape? Yes, yes. <laughs> he put duct to tape around, broken his legs, bones? around his broken bones. Oh my goodness! Uh, <laughs> to keep them together, and went and ran. Uh, I think like seventy miles. Oh my uh, so uh, he is definitely. I think he the like of... should have his own monument, like just for himself. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. He probably would not like it, but uh, yeah, he's he's a hardcore person who definitely believes in having a dog-like mentality this Mm -hmm. idea that you have to get through stuff you have to make your brain uh work for you and not against you yeah Uh, so crazy guy (laughs) wow wow so do you think that's like inspired a lot of like who you've become and, and your philosophies in life oh absolutely you know he he has this kind of motto that he uses uh, which is when you are at your breaking point, you are only at 40% at what you're capable of doing. So you have to get past that point. When you want to quit, that's when you have to go even harder. And and I'd certainly believe that when I do training, whether it's weightlifting, whether it's running or mm-hmm. doing mm-hmm. jujitsu, it's, it's all, you know, that dog-like mentality, just get over it and do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so my second question is, what is your favorite tradition or holiday? So I love the 4th of July, but I guess the favorite holiday has to be Christmas, and it's coming up in five, four days. Four days. Four days, wow. So it's exciting. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Um, Okay, I have another one that's kind of like a a difficult question, so uh, get ready for it. if there is one thing that you wanted to be remembered for, for like generations to come, what would it be and why? So probably that's a really hard question and a good question because <laughs> yeah. it's something I think about a lot. And 
Mm -hmm. want to be remembered as a person that was disciplined in their regimen, uh, but in a way that isn't, you know, oh, they don't care about other people. They only care about themselves mm -hmm. and what they're doing. Uh, yeah. I'm definitely of the mindset of trying to help out as many people as I come into contact with, you know, whether it be in, you know, throwing my full support behind them and helping them out in any, you know, in, in every single way that I can, or if it's just doing small little things to, to help out uh, people that I come in contact with. So probably, probably just being remembered that I tried to help people and, and mm -hmm. was, uh, was disciplined in doing that. I think that's noble in itself. You, you should deserve another monument for yourself as well. <laughs> yeah, that's really sweet. Too sweet. Too sweet. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. And another really difficult question for you, but it's the last one. Um, if you had a time machine, would you choose, and you could only use it once, would you choose to go back in time or into the future and why? You know, the future is not always guaranteed. So I probably wouldn't want to go into the future uh, because I don't know if I would be there and it would be great <laughs> or if it'd just be completely the same. Uh, mm -hmm. I do have an admiration for Teddy Roosevelt. So I probably would go back in time and visit him when he was doing a lot of his uh, safari travels uh, mm -hmm. or, or when he was down in South America. Uh, a really great book to read is uh, The River of Doubt, which if you read that, it's really hardcore and seeing what the former president did. Um, so probably go going and seeing him and seeing how, how he reacted to some of the things that he saw down there. Awesome. Yeah. It looks like you have a lot of awesome role models, too. I try. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Mark. And um, I definitely have a lot of book recommendations for you that I'm going to have to go and read. Um, but thank you for answering those tough questions that we had for you. <laughs> um, so the title of Mark's talk is Finding My Passion, From Legos to Healthcare. Whenever you're ready, Mark. All right. My entire life, I've had to deal with high family expectations. And the one thing my family stressed the most about was what career I would choose. I didn't realize that something so simple as the idea of a Lego set would be the building blocks of what I love doing. I was seven at the time, and I remember sitting on my bedroom floor when my sister came home from New York. She handed me a brand new Indiana Jones Lego set. I put the set together within 10 minutes. The next week, she brought home another set. My sister sat next to me while I completed this set within 15 minutes. She ran her fingers through my hair and said, Mark, one day you're going to be an architectural engineer and go to Georgia Tech. The expectation was set. I loved making my sister proud, so I grew up with the goal of becoming an architectural engineer. When I entered high school, I enrolled in my school's healthcare pathway and realized after a few short weeks that healthcare felt right for me. There's a tradition in my family to serve in the armed forces. Every man in my family has. When I came to the realization that being a field surgeon in the military was my goal, I naturally wanted to tell my sister of my intentions. I came home one day and found her in the living room. She was getting ready to suntan by the pool. My sister always brought up what my future intentions were, and I knew that she wanted me to be that engineer from Georgia Tech. I sat down next to her and I took a deep breath and told her about my plans. Immediately, I watched heartache in her eyes. 
the room was at a standstill. Not a single sound entered into the room, just heartbreaking silence. After some time, my sister eventually said, Mark, I've spent your entire life influencing you to attend Georgia Tech and not join the military. And here you are. I couldn't believe that my biggest supporter was upset with the decision that I felt was right. But she then added, if that's what you want to do, I'll always support you. I didn't know how important those words would mean to me. Later that night, everything changed. The light of my life went out that night. My sister passed away. I didn't realize that those four words would be the last words that my sister would ever say to me. She'd be gone forever. In that moment, all of the expectations I had for my future changed. I always imagined that my sister would always be there for me, that she would see my achievements and even be there to pick me up when hit with failure. I became angry at the world and I began to hate. I was mad that no one could save my sister, not me, the EMTs or the doctors. So I hated everything and everyone. I knew the hatred and rage were not healthy. I began to use her loss as a catalyst. I used that anger and hatred from her death to work harder, to push myself harder physically and mentally so that the pain in my heart could be numbed. I spent hours in the gym or studying just to get away from everything and become entranced by brute force to feel empty. Things were tough for a while. I recognized rather than working hard in order to be numb, I could work hard in order to be fulfilled. I used my energy to dedicate my time towards things I cared about. I thought at that point I knew where my life was heading. Things shifted again after I started working at my local clinic. One stranger made a life-changing impact on me. This individual did not have health insurance and the patients we treated had to be below the poverty line. He was in his late 80s and walking with a large staff. After finishing my examination of him and before turning over the report to my attending physician, the patient asked me about my future. After talking to him for about five minutes, I realized that I could do more in healthcare than be a doctor. Since coming to Mercer, I've realized that medicine is just a piece to a larger purpose for me. Mercer has expanded my knowledge of what it's like to serve a larger community. When I started at college, I was on the pre-med track while also majoring in finance. I quickly fell in love with everything business related. I learned that business and medicine are the right direction. Now I had to discover how to turn these two different fields into one piece. I began researching different careers that dealt with both fields. I knew that I wanted to serve my community and also reform healthcare's high costs. I searched everywhere trying to find something that matched the two. It turns out that the answer was clear from the start. Mercer has an MBA program with a concentration in healthcare. After reading the description of the program and the careers associated with it, I had finally found my passion. Throughout my life, I've come across multiple pathways that seemed right for me. I thought I knew what my family expected of me was destined to happen. I realize now that some interests were just that, interests and as life unraveled, I realized that some of those pieces became passions. I know that my life plans aren't one my family expected at all, but it led me to the right places. So with all of that being said, enjoy the simple things in life 
and grow to appreciate those moments. Discover what you love doing, even if it starts out as simple as a Lego set. Thank you so much for that story, Mark. That was really inspiring. <laughs> Thank you for <laughs> allowing me to share it. Yeah, of course. I wanted to ask you about something that you mentioned in the middle of your talk where you said that there was a point where things had to change for your life. When when you were going so hard with like working out and academics and stuff because you didn't want to feel numb and you realized that you wanted to do it and achieve success because you wanted to feel fulfilled. So can you walk me through kind of like what are the uh, motivations and like kind of the events in your life that that helped you come to that realization and kind of change your way of thinking? Yeah, certainly it, it had everything to do with the support group that I had around me, whether mm -hmm. it was friends in high school or if it or mentors that I had in life. Uh, certainly when I was working with patients, it, it was always nice to, you know, get to talk to them in between, you know, doing triage and stuff mm -hmm. and, and just, you know, getting a, a snippet into their life and then saying, you know, there's so much more to life than just, you know, what you're going through now. You know, mm -hmm. I know you're hurting, but, and, and you're using, you know, weights or you're using, you know, these various coping mechanisms to, to get you through it, but you're actually, you're doing healthy things unhealthily, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. Uh, so it was, it was, you know, finding a balance and then saying, listen, you have to, you want to stay here for as long as you can and try and help as many people as you can. And the way you do that is, is chilling out, you know, mm -hmm. take a step back mm -hmm. and, and breathing and, and, and figuring out what you want to do. And, and with that, uh, continuing in your, in your regimen, you know, you still need to stay disciplined. You still need to lift the weights, but you don't need to go so hard that, you know, you're not eating enough or, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So. Just kind of like changing the way that you view the reason that you're doing what you're doing. Right. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, thank you again for sharing your story, Mark. Um, I think it's become very clear to us how driven and motivated you are. And mm -hmm. that's, it's, it's really inspiring, I think. Um, so my question is a little bit more general. So you were one of the two live speakers at our COVID friendly um, most recent Real Talk event. So I was just wondering, could you walk us through what that process was like for you, especially having it be kind of interrupted by this whole news of going into lockdown and quarantine. So can you walk us through what that was like for you? It was it was interesting. It was different, but it was something that needed to be done. I think that mm -hmm. Real Talk definitely helps many students on our campus and the community around us that, that decides to attend uh, those mm -hmm. events. So it was it was different with the mass situation. Uh, I think, uh, especially being a person that wears glasses, you know, <laughs> I'll be talking, and then all of a sudden <laughs> I just get blinded by <laughs> by breath. I know, uh, me too. And 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 you know, it's not good to touch your mask at all if you can help prevent that. So yeah, it, it was it was interesting, but it was fun. Everything was socially distanced. Afterwards, mm -hmm. uh, I've had people come up to me and talk to me and say that they enjoyed the talk, or you know, I'm going through the same thing, or I'm trying to figure out how to do this or that. And so it's always fun to meet people and to share the story of you know the life that I've lived. 
Yeah, that's great. And like you're saying, how you're saying before that you would kind of turn to your support group um, when you needed advice. It sounds like you're now becoming support for other people through your talk. So that's Mm -hmm. great. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I always uh, am available. Uh, Even when I'm not, I, I never have a problem with talking with somebody if they're going through something hard, even if I don't know them. <laughs> so, yeah, and I'm sure a lot of people thank you for that. So, yeah, I just want to say like good luck on your endeavors. You have a lot that's going for you and a lot of big dreams that I know that you can accomplish. So, thank you again for having this talk with us today, and thank you everybody else for tuning in and listening to Mark's talk. Um, this was a great final episode of our second season, Ooh. and uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next season. Thank you, guys. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. (laughs) (laughs) Bye.